You're listening to the Women Inspiring Women podcast. Each week, network marketing professional and mom-turned-entrepreneur Melanie Mitro gives you her tried-and-true tips for building a business from your kitchen table. This self-made millionaire went from a stay-at-home mom to the top of a network marketing business in just three years. She built an online health and fitness business from the ground up while raising babies and juggling being a mom and wife. Now she wants to help you become the boss of your own life. For blog posts, business tips, and more, check out her website at melaniemitro.com. Now let's get to the show. Here's your host, Melanie Mitro. Well, hey, everybody. It is Melanie Mitro, the host of the Women Inspiring Women podcast. And I am so excited because I have a special guest today, somebody that I have had the opportunity to work with within her company, Trades of Hope. But also, I have just watched her social media blossom and grow and her really just inspire me as a young entrepreneur, just stepping into her power. And I am just totally inspired by the way that she runs a company and has some great products that she coaches women and just really helps them step into their confidence. And I know that so many of you listeners, that is a big obstacle. It really is stepping into your power, knowing that you're meant for more being confident when you feel maybe unworthy at the beginning of of your journey to building your business. And so we're going to have a great conversation today with Elizabeth about just how she has built her confidence up over time. So Elizabeth, welcome. Happy to have you here. Thank you, Melanie. You know, I've loved working with you in, in the past and I just admire you so much. So I was so honored when I received your invitation to be here. Well, I'm excited. I, I'm glad we get to chat again and and talk a little bit about just confidence and business and you know the things that that women need to hear to take that next leap of faith because it's possible. So I want you to just give everybody a little backstory. Who are you? You know, what tell us a little bit about the businesses that you run and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So when I was growing up, my family, uh, my mom in particular, did a lot of charity work abroad. She started a nonprofit organization that included an orphanage in Haiti. We were living in California at the time, so it made like basically no sense. But I had just this amazing front row seat to a woman seemingly not really concerning herself with, is she going to be good at this or not? Like she had no, she had no nonprofit experience. She was a mom of two Mm -hmm. around the age of like 25, like in her mid twenties and just started an orphanage. So I was really like gifted that front row seat. And with that being my childhood, I went to Haiti a lot, saw a lot of real injustices in the world, had the awkward experience of adults in Haiti asking me for money as a child, just because it was so clear I was so privileged. And that was really awkward for me. Can't even imagine how much more awkward and confusing that is for for other people. And so when I was a teenager, my mom and I and our two friends, we started Traits of Hope. And Traits of Hope was kind of our answer to the injustice and the awkwardness around charity work. We really believed that if women in developing communities had jobs, had safe, dignified jobs, they could change their own lives around. There wouldn't be the awkward handout situations. Like they can be the heroes of their own story. And so we started Traits of Hope and Traits of Hope is a direct selling business. We have women who partner with us and they're called partners because they are partnering with women around the world. And so we we work with women globally in over 15 countries who make ethically made home and fashion accessories. And it's, it's I mean, we, we're, we just sell 
celebrated our, gosh, our 14th birthday. And it's been such an incredible, incredible wild ride. As I've grown uh, today, one of my favorite experiences as I reflect on the last 14 years is seeing not only women lead themselves and their families out of poverty, but also the light and the confidence and the self-belief that they step into. A lot of the women that we work with globally They're in regions of the world where women are actively oppressed, um, actively treated like second class citizens. And to see them go from feeling like such lack of worth because they were told they had such lack of worth, just healthy and glowing and proud of themselves, you know, Poverty kills a lot of things, but it doesn't kill like human pride. And so to see a woman go from like, just so like feeling, I mean, one of, one of the women we partner with in India, she said, you know, men tell us that we belong down there under the shoes, like the dirt, but we know that we can rise and we can make beautiful things happen. And they are, they're providing for themselves, for their families, setting a new standard for next generation of girls and women. And that shift, like, yes, of course, I love that they can feed themselves, their families, send their kids to school. But I was just the most moved by the internal transformation women had globally when they had a job. And it just made me so attuned to the confidence deficit that women experience, not only in countries far from from Mm -hmm. us, but in America, like here, everywhere, it's truly everywhere. And, um, so I got into, I was alongside like leading trades of hope and and continuing to champion that, um, I have started coaching women mainly in business, but I've just found like in coaching women in business, it's all most of the conversations around confidence and self-belief and, um, moving before you feel ready. And that has been, a really full circle moment for me to do that through traits of hope and women around the world. And then also just, you know, women who might not face the same atrocities that the women we partner with through, through traits of hope are facing, but they're still like the woman who feels lost or the woman who's, who sees like a vision of like what her life could be like, but she doesn't know if she has what it takes to get there. That's been really meaningful to me. So cool. I, when we were working together at traits of hope, I just, the, you can feel the energy, you can feel the passion behind what you can do and just the way that you have connected every customer who purchases the jewelry, the products to the story makes it feel so real. And when you make a purchase, you really do have that feeling of I'm buying this and I know that it is directly impacting the life of another woman. And that was the coolest part, which made me so just... I don't know, connected to the mission, wanting to do a good job like that. I love that. You guys have done a great job. And I'm sure that that hasn't been an easy process. And I know I wasn't going to ask you this question, but as as you were starting Trades of Hope, you know, what was the biggest challenge to getting started to women starting a business? You're very young, so you didn't have that business experience. But what were some of those biggest challenges to really taking your idea and making it a reality. I think the biggest challenge was that we were doing something at the time that was very, very new. Trying to paint a picture for people like this actually isn't a charitable thing. Like we're creating dignified business partnerships. Like it's not just charity. And at that point, anything philanthropic was really through the lens of charity. And so 
I mean, I just remember the first few women who, who joined our company to sell our products, they would feel like so awkward when they got their commission checks. And like some people tried to send them back and we're like, no, 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 it's actually more dignified for the women that you're standing with, that you earn an income as well. That's the dignified part that it's not a charity. It's not a handout. It's not like a rich woman in America giving money to those less fortunate abroad, like we're standing together. And that's the part that makes this so much more, not only more dignified than a lot of charitable situations, but more sustainable because the fact of the matter is we can only volunteer so much of our time, but if we're earning an income that has a positive ripple ripple effect, like at Traits of Hope, then you're going to stick around longer. And, And we might not want to admit that to ourselves on a conscious level, but it's true. And that would make sense because we all have to do things to provide for ourselves and for our families. So that was the hardest part was communicating that shift. And it's still a shift we have to continually educate people on today. Yeah. Yeah, Women, women struggle with making money for sure. And that guilt of, you know, is it a bad thing that I have a desire to make more money? I, I see that all the time, not just in, in your business, but industries across the board, just women really do struggle with that part of things, you know, and, and feeling like it's not okay to want more and, and more. And I always try to look at it from the lens of, yeah, but when you have more, when you have uh, more income, you can bless more people. You have more opportunities. There's more ways for you to go out and do really great things for other people. So it is a challenge. It is for sure. Okay. So you exude confidence very naturally. Like this is not something I would never look at you and say, you are not a confident human. And, but have you, you always been that way? And if they're, if you've always been that way, great. But if they're, I'm sure that at some point along the way, your confidence has been shaken. So let's talk about that. Yeah. I would say my confidence in certain areas are regularly shaken because I'm being led to like a next, another level, like another level of confidence. So that still happens today. I try to remind people as often as possible, like confident women have insecurities, confident women have doubts and have fears. They just, They just believe that what they're working towards or what they're learning is worth it. It's more important. And to answer your first question, I would say I've always been fairly confident, but again, I can remember moments of fear and moments of wanting to make myself smaller and moments of, of self doubt and hesitation. I'm I'm really grateful. I had parents growing up who kind of just spoke over me that I could do anything I wanted as if it was an obvious reality. And I'm really grateful for that. And I, and, and that within itself is like a huge privilege. Not everyone is just born into a situation like that, but I do, I do have very specific memories growing up where I, I wanted something like, for example, I remember when I was a teenager, I really wanted to lead like my church's youth group band. And, and actually it wasn't even something that I initiated. They were just like, Oh, I think Elizabeth sings sometimes. And you know, she kind of plays piano. So we should just like, let her do this. So there was no audition. This was not my fault or what I'm about to say happened next was not my fault. Anyway, I was like, yeah, I want to be that kind of girl, uh, that kind of woman, essentially. I was 16 dreaming of the kind of woman I want to be and like, yeah, I want to be like a leader and I want to have influence and I want to make a difference. And, and I, I just really liked that. So when I went to the first, went for the first night that I would like lead this band, I was absolutely terrible, was so terrible at it. Terrified the whole time, knots in my stomach, knee, like little teenage knees knocking, absolutely terrible both internally and externally. And I remember at the end of the night though, my mom picked me up from youth group and she was like, so like, 
And she knew, I don't have a lot of training in this. She knew, she was like, so like, like were you scared to, to do that? And I said, you know, I was scared, but I wanted to be the kind of girl who gets on stage more than I was scared. And I just think everyone has something, like if we can tap into it, what do you want more than you're scared? And it's not about pushing down or ignoring your doubts or ignoring your fears or anything like that. But what can you hold on to when you're at a crossroads, when you have a choice? And that same that same choice, I've had to make it over and over and over again every time I'm scared to do something. I mean, starting a company as a teenager, I would get on stage in front of hundreds of people at our, at our annual events and, and speak. And in hindsight, was really bad at it. Like, I thought it was okay. But I'm like, thankfully, we did not have the budget in the beginning for like video recordings because I don't want to relive that. I don't want to see that again. But I just knew it was what I was meant for. And, and so I did it. And that's something continually I I do to this day over and over and over again. I love that. I love that. I, I just recently did a reel where I went back through my YouTube videos. I scrolled all the way back to the beginning of 2011 and I thought, oh, this will be fun. Let's put a collage together of how I've transformed. And in my mind, I really thought I was great back then for my first yes. speaking engagement. In my mind, I rocked the stage. And when I started pulling these videos, my two boys who are now 15 and 13, I was like, boys, come look at this. And they were like, wow, mom, you were terrible. You know, it just, I, it was, but I, like you, I just had this passion and this calling. And I knew that no matter how scared I was, I remember getting that first phone call saying, will you speak on stage? We had a speaker that backed out at the last minute. And I was new, I was rising up in the company and I tried to be a yes girl and say yes to the opportunities. And I can remember the dry mouth when I stood up there, I had full sheets of paper on stage. I felt like I died a little bit. I definitely blacked out, but that surviving that afterwards, I was like, I can do this. And every year I got back up to every time they asked me to speak, I did that. And I conditioned myself to, even though it feels uncomfortable to say yes anyways, because you know, it's going to help you make an impact, create more income and inspire other people. And so I look back at those old videos and I can see the, I can see the progression of the story. And that's so important that we, we can feel uncomfortable. We can feel afraid, but we have to pursue it regardless. And that's just something, it's like a mental thing you have to push yourself through constantly over and over. Yeah. My parents were like that too. You know, they believed they were the same way. I had the same kind of parents. They always said, Melanie, you can do anything that, that you put your mind to. And I'm grateful for that. It's made me be a little more courageous in my life. And I've learned a lot of life lessons because of that. And so- you know, as we as we talk to women that are listening now who probably aren't super confident, they didn't have a support system. They didn't have somebody speaking that vision and that belief over them. You know, what do you feel like are, what do you do? How do you help people develop that confidence if they don't have it already? A lot of it starts with having a specific vision for what they wanted. So something that I really, I really want to call out is if Melanie and, I, Melanie and I at two completely different times had the same experience of thinking like we were okay at something, 
whether we were or not, that's not important at this very moment, but we did it anyway, even though we felt terrified, even though we had no idea what we were doing, we just put ourselves out there and and laid one building block at a time. And if it's true for both of us, it's probably the common experience of, of most women. No one starts something really, really good at it. No one starts, no one's going to compare like their first video to their their hundredth video and say, oh yeah, the first one was better. No, the hundredth one's always going to be better. And you can't get to that 100th one without the first 99, but it takes a lot of courage. So how do you step into the first 99 knowing that no matter what, it's like a law of nature. When you look back, you're going to cringe and that's okay. If anything, that's a good sign because it means you got better. If you're not cringing, then you're probably not growing. Right. Um, but how do you step step into the first 99 videos or 99 stages or 99 social media posts, 99 steps, whatever they are. The the thing that it all comes back to is vision. Like every person who did anything good and great and meaningful with their life, they had a vision for something. And even you and I, we said, you know, we were te- we were terrified, we were terrible at it, but we we knew what we wanted and and we were going for it. And a lot of women are not asked like what they want or what their vision is. A lot of women don't feel they have the mental or time capacity to take time to even just ask themselves that. But knowing what you want, and I I particularly am a fan of like having a five-year vision. Now, and very, I want to be very clear. It's not a five-year plan. This is not knowing how you're going to get from today to five years from now and all of the stepping stones in between. It's just, if you can close your eyes and think for a moment, of what your dream day five years from now would look like. What would you be doing? Who would be there with you? What would your life look like? What would you, what would your life feel like? And hold on to that. That will move you through the first 99, probably not very good steps Yeah, and get you to that 100th step where you are actually really good and really proud of yourself. And, and I like what you said before is like, surviving being bad at something shows you like, wait, okay, but I can do this. Like I did survive. Our brains are not set up for our success. Our brains are set up for our survival. So very oftentimes our brains will self-sabotage what we really want because it just wants to keep us alive. So if we can override the signals, like you're in danger, you're going to die. This is not good for you because they're really like not really helpful in that moment. If you're walking down a dark alley, listen to those signals. If you're just sending a message to someone following up with a customer, you're safe, override those signals. And so when we can overcome the way that our brain's trying to keep us alive, and particularly move in a way that is for our greater success mm-hmm. and do that repetitively, not only does, are you just going to get better, but that's how your confidence grows. A lot of people think that the like the plan, the plan of action is grow your confidence. Once I'm confident enough, I'll take the action, then I'll take the action and then see the results. But really you have to start with the action. After you go through the action, you'll see a little bit of results. And again, maybe the result is I survived that. I I followed up with my customers and I didn't die. Or I followed up with my customers. They ghosted me for forever. And I'm still kicking. I'm still good. People in my life still love me. And there are some, there's like one person who did write me back. Yeah. And then the confidence grows and you continue that cycle. Now you have a little bit more confidence. You can take a little bit more action. You get a little bit more results. You're a little bit more confident. Um, The problem is most people wait to feel ready 
before they take the action. So if you're one of those women who didn't have people speaking over your over you feel like, okay, but I just want to jump to the hundredth step, yeah. feeling confident and being good at something. Every single person, every single person has taken the first 99 steps, wobbling, nervous, probably not even really good at it, but that's the only path forward to mastery. It really is. It really, really is. There is no other way around it. You just have to take the first step. And one of the things recently that I started doing, I always do like a morning routine where I'll journal. I always review my vision and feel myself achieving the things that I want to accomplish and setting my intentions for the day that and making sure those intentions and those tasks really align to the woman I want to become and the impact I want to make. But as I fall into bed at night, Sometimes it's literally that, you know, kids are in bed, I'm in bed. I will just lay there if I don't have time to journal or just the energy to. I'll just lay there and think through the day because some days feel like nothing really moved forward, right? That you were just kind of stuck in the mud. I'll lay there and go, what are the small steps I took today? What are the wins? I'll search for five moments where I won in in something. And that helps to reinforce because a lot of times I think as women, we just want these big jumps, right? We want to see those big successes. And when you start to count the daily wins and you look for them, they also start to happen. And then that helps, that does really help me to build my confidence knowing I'm on the path. I'm on the journey. This is what becoming her actually looks like. And to just stay, stay the path. Cause sometimes we, we get defeated. We can get down on ourselves. So I don't know if that helps anybody, but that just really helps me to lay in bed at night and just remind myself, like, what were the wins of the day that are moving me in that? direction. Hey friends, interrupting today's podcast interview because I want to talk to you about my leadership newsletter. You may not even know that I send out a newsletter twice a month to all of my subscribers that are on my list for the leadership newsletter. You know, if you are somebody right now who wants to be close to the fire, you are have this desire to build depth in your organization, to take your business to the multiple six-figure mark, if you're already leading an organization, but you want to know what is the difference maker? What are the habits and the routines and the mindset tricks that I use to show up as my best self, to lead a large organization and teach other people how to do the same? You have got to get on this list. I'm dropping it right here in the show notes so that you can be a part of my next leadership newsletter blast. And also, I let you in on the inside scoop. And I will tell you, Katie and I are working on some big things over here at Chic Influencer, and we've got some great opportunities for leaders to get connected to stay inspired, to stay encouraged, to really understand what are the best ways to grow your business in 2024. And we're going to be making some big announcements. And if you're not on the list, you're not going to be the first to know. We will launch our big leadership announcements to this newsletter list. So make sure you're on it. Click the link in the show notes, hit subscribe. Don't forget to put in your, your phone number because we will text you some exclusive opportunities to work with us as well. So head on over to the show notes now, subscribe to that leadership newsletter and let's get back to today's episode for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So you said you really encourage people to find their five-year vision. What if I'm sitting here going, I don't, I've never created a vision. I've never asked myself what I want in my life. I've always either just been a mom or I've worked full time. And where do where would somebody start in creating a vision for themselves? This is great. I was actually just um, on a call with one of my clients and she's a psych 
like a psychologist and she told me the same thing. She was like, I just, I have, I had no idea where to start. But one thing that I ask my clients is just what are three values that you have or three things that are important to you, or just three things that you want in your future. And she just does that over and over again. Cause a lot of her clients also don't know what they want. And I was like, that's actually a beautiful way to start your five-year vision. Cause you might not be able to on your first, your first sit down, your, the first time you create some mental and maybe some time clarity to, to think about this, it might feel like just approaching a blank page, a blank canvas and be like, I have no idea how to fill this, but just think about like three things. So my five-year vision, I could tweak it and change it. And maybe day to day, it would change like a little bit, Mm -hmm. but solid things that I know that I want is I want in five years, I want to have an abundant business that helps other women step into whatever abundance looks like for them. I would love to be married and I would love to have a baby. And like those, those are the three core things in, in the next next five years that I would want and little things like I could, I, I have in my five-year vision that I've written down, I have where I live and what I'm wearing and what my lifestyle is like and what my community looks. I have all those things. But if you, if you don't have, if you can't tap into all of the details yet, just think about what are the three things that I really want and just start there. And then, you know, if yours are, if yours are similar to mine, like a really abundant career, just start leaning into the feelings of like, what could that look like? Mm -hmm. If it is a partner or a relationship in your life, what do I want that to look like and feel like if it is children, if it's not, what would it be instead of children? Like lean into whatever that is. Just start with like, what are three either values of mine or things that I know I really want within five years? I love that. It's really releasing the perfection of having to have all the details figured out, right? It's more of like, let's just, let's just be okay with getting something on paper, getting something that we can look at, something we can read and feel. A lot of times women, they get stuck in the, I have to have it figured out. It has to be perfect. It's sort of, your vision grows over time. I can't, so many times I've written things down that I thought were what I wanted. And then I erase them or I go, that doesn't actually feel aligned. So let it be a fluid process and let it be something that can change, but you got to start. Right. And that's the most, if you're having trouble, it's like starting here with those three things. And it's also not something you can get right or wrong. Like one, one client of mine, she she said, well, I didn't know if I want to put this in my five-year vision because I didn't know if I would get into this program. And I'm like, but you're not predicting the future. It's not like you can't get it wrong. You can't, you're not like guessing what is going to happen. It's just, what do you in this moment, what is it that you want? What do you, Mm -hmm. what would you, what would just fill you up and just fill you with so much elation to know this is what's going to happen five years from now? Yeah. And the thing is, it probably won't go exactly like that. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's again, not about guessing the future, but just identifying what you want on a deep level so that when you do come up against opportunities to grow your confidence or do something new or step into something that you're probably not good at yet, which might sound harsh to say, but I do things all the time I'm not good at yet. So that's a, that's a good thing. It means yep. you're like taking advantage of your one short, beautiful life. When you come up against those obstacles, you have something emotional that you can tap into that will carry you kind of across the threshold of overcoming those obstacles, as opposed to like, I don't know, pushing yourself. Like it's just so much nicer to have like this vision that kind of just calls you forward and draws you forward as opposed to like grinding or hustling or like, come on, just, just do it. Like, no, like you're, you're moving towards something. 
Yeah. And I've, and I've made all the mistakes of pushing myself or propelling myself forward and grinding forward. Had this conversation with a client just yesterday where I said, Hey, she, she was actually having a meltdown. She's like, I was in the bathtub taking a bath and I was crying because it's just so hard. And I feel all this pressure. And so we had this conversation about the journey's hard. There is pressure that comes with rising to the next level. Does the pressure and the challenge, is it exciting to you? Figuring it out, do you feel like you're called, you're pulled in this direction or does it feel like it's going against every grain of your being and it doesn't doesn't align to your core values? And she goes, no, I know this is what I'm supposed to do. It's just really hard. And so even there've been times where I've actually said to myself, this is totally out of alignment. And that I've, you learn to listen to that intuition of yourself too. And I've made changes in my business and my direction and my vision and my goals because I've learned to listen to that. Does it feel really out of alignment or is it hard, but I know it's going to be worth it. And this is just a short term challenge that I have to navigate through, you know, and, and that, that again, just comes with experience too. Yeah, sure. absolutely. For sure. So well, I want to talk to you a little bit about we both have achieved some success and the people listening right now, some of you have achieved success in your life too. And there's this little, little gremlin that pops in. It's called imposter syndrome and it comes up often. I had a moment yesterday of imposter syndrome. I started a mastermind and I am part of this mastermind with all of these very successful people that are definitely 10 steps ahead of me. And I I actually was like physically sick before I got, and I really had to gut check myself and remind myself that, hey, I'm actually successful too. I've actually built very successful businesses, but it happens. It, it happens, doesn't matter where you're at in your journey. So how about you? When you're mentoring women, how do you help them overcome imposter syndrome? I mean, it can be leaders overcoming that moment where they don't feel like they deserve to be in the room or somebody new in direct sales that says, I'm not sure if I'm qualified or cut out to do this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just flag here for a second that at an incredible degree, men do not experience imposter syndrome like women do. It is a, it is like a female phenomenon. I'm not going to make a sweeping statement and say men never do. I'm sure they do sometimes, but it is statistically the studies show that men do not experience it on the level women do. And it's because men don't ruminate on things. I don't want to say they don't think. I know they think, but women overthink. Like we will ruminate on like what we said to that person at the cashier two weeks ago because they didn't respond the way that we thought they did or they thought the way that they should. Actually, one study showed, there was like a study of like 200 people and there were men and women in the study and- they were given the same test and the tests were very basic elementary math and like reading comprehension questions. All, every person, man and woman was, was graded on the test. And then they were, before they knew what their grade was, they asked the men and women, how did you think you did on the test? And what the study found was that women all thought they did poorly on the test or they, they all thought they did worse than they actually did. And the men did better than they actually did. When in reality, most of the women graded higher than most of the men. So it just shows that (laughs) we are so quick to doubt our capability 
Hmm. When really capability, our capability is never in question. Like it's not in question at all, but we will be our the hardest critics on if we are worthy of something, capable of something. And, you know, we could go all into what got women to that point. I don't think that's particularly helpful uh, or needed in, in this particular conversation, but how do we get, how do we get over that? And I, and a big part of it is being okay, being a novice at something like in being honest with oneself, maybe you're in a room where people are more ahead of you in the, in their journey. Maybe they are better at you than you at a certain skill. And that doesn't mean anything about you. That doesn't mean anything bad and getting really comfortable. It's easy to speak grand notions over, o- over you like, no, but you really are like, you're amazing and you're so good. And, and they are, they are amazing and so good, but is that helpful in that moment? Or is it not helpful to just realistically look at the situation and say, kind of like what you did, like, yes, there are women who are more ahead in their journey who might have experienced what some would say is more success than me, but that doesn't take away from my experience and my ex- success or my worthiness to be in this room or in this business um, or operating on this level. Mm-hmm. And so if imposter syndrome is just kind of a sign that we're new to something or we're, we're new to an environment or new to an experience or new to either a group of people or a company or a new, a new business venture, then wouldn't that be a good thing? Like you're, you're, you're leveling up, like you're trying something new again, you're doing something with your one beautiful, short, so, so short life. Like you're doing something new instead of staying where you are. And not only are you doing something new, but you're giving yourself the opportunity to get better at something. One, one kind of affirmation that I love to equip women with who are experiencing imposter syndrome is I'm in the process of becoming an amazing blank, like whatever it is. I'm like, cause you don't have to be the best. And in some cases you will not be the best in the room and that is okay. Um, but you are in the process of becoming an amazing businesswoman, an amazing leader, an amazing speaker, like whatever that would be, you're in the process. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And if you continue to show up to that process, you will get to that level of mastery. And the only thing that's making us feel like it's mastery or nothing. Like it's all or nothing. It's just our ego. Again, it's our brain trying to keep us safe. It's our brain not caring if we're successful, but only caring if we're alive. And so if you can get comfortable with an ego hit now and again, because it truly will not kill you, um, you will do great things in this world. No woman who has done anything of worth or anything rave or anything that leads her that is in alignment with that vision she has for her life not a single woman has gotten unscathed, unscathed with an ego bruise. Like we all get them all the time and maybe they're warranted and maybe they're unwarranted. Maybe they're inflicted by other people. Maybe they're self-inflicted, but being able to be a little, be like, Oh, that went differently than I thought it would. I thought it would get this response. It got this response. You know, does that bruise my ego? Yeah. But at least I'm doing something. At least I'm going for it. And that is not going to make imposter syndrome go overnight. But if we can shift our brain away from the all or nothing, I need to be like in mastery. So I never experience embarrassment or an ego hit or disappointment or I'm not going to do anything, that's going to be the biggest self-sabotaging experience that we can have for ourselves. And we can choose something different. Absolutely. It's so, it just is being, again, going back to that discomfort, it's, and you can't avoid it. You can't avoid 
putting yourself in rooms where you might be the new person because you don't want to feel uncomfortable because at the end of the day, you're capping your potential by doing that. And again, it's like this step into, I have to be okay with the fact that this is going to be uncomfortable and I might not have all the answers and, and that I'm going to learn from that. And that is, it's a lot of self-talk. And again, the more you do it, the more you are okay with that feeling of discomfort. And I'll say, you know, I rose to the top of my network marketing company. I stayed there for four years. I mean, I had that mastered, right? I had that on lockdown. And so I thought just jumping over here, starting a new company, be a piece of cake because I've already done it before. But guess what? It opened up a whole new world of new skills and managing people and having a company and hiring and just communication and leadership in a very different way. But I just knew that I could make a bigger impact and that this was the next step. And embracing that is really hard. But it's I feel like I've grown so much in the past five years. And I al- and I thought I was already at my peak before, but I was nowhere near what I was even capable of, you know, to this point. So it is, it's really like stepping out of your comfort zone, being okay with it. I know, gosh, I just, I want women to to listen to this and feel inspired. And if there is something that's on your heart that you want to go after, especially when it comes to building your direct sales business, you know, you may be holding yourself back from talking about the opportunity because you look at the other women that are at the top rank and you think, oh, why would, why should I share my business opportunity when she does it so much better. She speaks so much clearer. Her posts are so much more inspiring or she makes more income than I do. But I always, I want to encourage you to share your story because there is a woman that is friends with you, that does follow you, doesn't follow anybody else. And you sharing your beginning, your humble beginning and the messy action you take along the way, it's either going to inspire them to join you, to do something that they feel called to do, you know, in the future. And when you hold back, I feel like that's a selfish act. And I don't know if you agree with that, but I feel like I'm being selfish if I don't share that gift with the world and other women. Yeah, absolutely. You're prioritizing your your sense of safety because really that's out of our control but you're prioritizing your sense of safety your comfort over extending the beautiful experience that you've had to someone else who might be like hoping longing praying for the exact same thing yeah okay what's something courageous that you are doing right now that scares the crap out of you but you're doing it anyways (laughs) (laughs) One thing, and this is another experience where similar to what you described, like achieving mastery in one area and wanting to do something else, I officially opened my, my own mastermind experience and even just selling something at a higher price point level. I'm sure you've experienced this. Every new offer you create, every new price point level you offer is 100% opening yourself up to being your ego being hit like over because it's like of course you you realize like okay I can sell something at this price point and maybe the women watching are like okay I can sell the product like I I've done that but selling like the opportunity feels like a totally different ball game and I think it's the same thing when when you're taking on clients like selling something at a lower price point okay fine whatever I I, I proved to myself I can do that and then each incremental higher price point thing feels um feels scarier and it is it is I did deep work with myself just a week ago of, am I worthy of, of receiving income like this? Am I worthy of a woman 
investing in herself through this container. And I'm very grateful that, you know, I decided I was, I decided it would be selfish of me to keep this thing to myself. It would be, there are women who want this exact thing. And it's so easy, especially, you know, we're just circling back around to money. It's so easy to the knee jerk reaction is that's bad. I can't, what will that mean about me? And it's literally just money. It means nothing about you. It means nothing about me. It's, there are women who want to receive a level of support and empowerment that is congruent to a higher price point level. And, and since opening those doors, I've had incredible women with and incredible conversations with those women. And only by opening the doors to that mastermind, can I see, can I prove to myself that there are women who would want to work with me at that capacity? If I had chosen fear, if I had chosen no, like I would have, I would have closed the doors for any opportunity to prove to myself that people do want to work with me at that capacity. And I, I wonder if there are women listening who, who similarly wonder like, well, who would want to work with me? Who would want it? Like you can only obtain that evidence that it is true. If you open the door and open like channels of opportunity and streams of opportunity for the evidence to come your way that, yeah, absolutely. Women do want to work with you on that level. I love that. I've had many conversations with myself about how much I'm charging for my products and oh, reminding yeah. myself, you know, people tell me all of the time, Melanie, you really should charge more for what you, what you offer. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. It is. It's such a, it is constantly talking to yourself and reminding yourself that, okay, I, I, I can serve people. I have a lot of experience and I can really step into this power. And this is going to be such a creative space for other women to grow and thrive. And for you, I don't know if you experienced this, but as I was launching my masterminds or courses or any of the things that I do or private coaching, I find that if I don't show up with this belief in what I'm doing on my stories, on my social, in my podcast episodes, if I put out the offer that I'm selling something, but I don't wholeheartedly believe in it, zero results. Uh So there is a different, like you can say, I'm going to start this mastermind and I'm going to do this. But if there is self-doubt that you show up not confident, you actually self-sabotage yourself without even realizing it until after the fact, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I love, you said this earlier, um, kind of quickly about how in the morning, sometimes you'll, sometimes you'll do journaling and you'll think of the woman that you want to be like the woman who has everything that you want and that you're dreaming of. How does she show up today? And Mm -hmm. I have to do that to myself multiple times within launching something within selling something. Like I have to decide, okay, the woman who has like this offer, this coaching container or this products like completely sold out. How does she show up? Cause she definitely doesn't sell less. Like if the results are there and she's hitting what she wants to hit, she's going to show up again on social media stories and say, let's, let's continue to reach more women. Let's put it out there that, that this yeah. is selling really well. And, and like, let's show up with a boldness to, to talk about how much you love and believe in your product, because obviously people want it. And yeah. The key is tapping into that before the results happen. And it's not like lying to people like this sold out before it sold out. But it's, as you said, just showing up with the belief and showing up with 
exactly how the woman that you want to be or the woman who has everything that you want, how would she show up today and sell that product or sell that experience? That is going to be the very thing that sells out that offer or that experience. Amen. I literally in the morning will say to myself, I am attracting six and seven figure women into my life. And then as I'm creating content, because that's such a big part of my job and what I do, I actually think of her. I think of that woman and I go, before I create, before I write the caption, before I hit post, I will go back through and say, would that woman be attracted to this post? Would it make her comment? Would it make her send me a message? Would it make her fill out an application? And if the answer is no, I change it. And so I've learned to get very bold in my content and show up as her. Otherwise, you're not going to, you won't attract those people. They'll scroll right past your offer because you aren't speaking at that caliber. So confidence, there's a lot of times where you got to show up and be her sometimes before you really feel like her in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love that. All right, any last piece of advice that you want to give my listeners before we wrap up today? I guess my last piece of advice is Tony Robbins talks a lot about the power of identity and how your identity is the strongest force within within your mind to create a behavioral change. So if there's something that you're wanting to change in your life, like something even just because of the podcast that we're, that we're in right now, in your business, for example, something you want to be different, are you instead of focusing on like, what do I have to do to see that change in my business, whether it's a higher revenue goal or whether it's reaching more women, are you focusing so much on the action steps? Or are you focusing on just becoming the woman who, who goes out and gets those things who, again, their, their action steps are aligned. You know, I think of a lot of women who want to grow their teams. I would say, well, like, are you the kind, like, would you want to join your team? Like, are you the kind of leader now before you even have a team where women would want to work with you, where you are taking care of yourself so that you can take care of them really, really well. And, and speaking that over yourself, like telling yourself who you are, like, I'm the kind of woman who does X, Y, Z, whatever it is, or maybe it's just, I'm the kind of woman who follows up with every single customer and makes them feel super, super seen and valued. I'm the kind of woman who is ready. Like the fields have been plowed and ready for an incredible harvest of of, of team growth because I'm, I'm, I know who I am. I've done the internal work to know I'm going to be a good leader, whether two people join my team or 200, like Mm. I'm me regardless. And also being super aware of that you can speak a negative identity over yourself as well. So be so mindful of the words that you're saying to yourself. I I would venture a guess that some of us are saying things to ourselves that we would never say to anyone else, that we might even be embarrassed to admit to other people that we say about ourselves. So being so mindful of not only declaring over yourself what kind of woman you are. And maybe again, that's just the kind of woman you want to be. And you're going to speak it before it might feel like a reality, but also making sure that the negative ways that you're defining just who you are and your identity isn't, uh, isn't negative at all and choosing to focus on, on the positive. I love that. Such great advice, Elizabeth. I know so many women are going to listen to this today and take away so many great just nuggets of wisdom and hopefully they can just start using them right away. We don't we don't have to wait. Again, it's not about 
being confident first. It's about taking action. It's courageous action every single day and watching that grow and blossom. And one day looking back and saying, wow, I I have stepped into the woman that I once dreamed of. And I want, I want women to know that that is possible for them, whether they were confident naturally, they had parents that that spoke that over them or they didn't that. And you said that in Trades of Hope, you see every single day women are building that that confidence and you get to be that connector for them. So I feel like you are exactly where you're supposed to be and you are living out your calling and it's so fun to watch you. So if people want to connect with you, where's the best place for them to follow along? Um, honestly, Instagram, I'm there every single day and I would love to absolutely connect with anyone and help them along in their confidence journey. All right. I will link, I'll link Elizabeth's Instagram for you guys in the show notes. so You can check it out, but make sure as you're listening to the episode today, go tag Elizabeth and myself. Let us know that you listened to this episode, what your biggest takeaway was. We just, I love to get in the DMs and chat with my listeners and really just talk about what your, what it's, what this podcast is doing to help support you in your journey to achieving your goals. Friends, thanks so much for being here today. I'll see you back here for another week of the Women Inspiring Women podcast.